And time for us to talk tech. And Carmi Levy, our tech specialist, is here. Good Tuesday morning, sir. Good to be here, John. I'm not going to lie. I watched the Mr. Jessup documentary and it made me cry. It was a piece of my childhood and he was a wonderful man. Yeah. You know what? I Like I said, I'm only halfway through, but uh, it already did summon tears. And I guess it's because he's just such a pure soul. And uh, so yeah. it, it was wonderful. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about uh, more modern things, uh, tech and all of that stuff. And in particular, I was curious about your thoughts on the fact that there is all kinds of junk circulating on social media right now. Uh, video, I, I'm referring to. And in some cases, they'll pretend that it's, you know, contemporaneous footage of what's going on in Gaza and turns out to be from a video game or from Syria. Yeah, it's absolutely spiking by every measure. It is off the charts since the, the first attacks happened a week ago Saturday. Uh, you're seeing, you know, the doctored video, deep fake video, old video being passed off as new video. Uh, and, you know, that video game footage was particularly egregious. And what's happening now is uh, is the European Union, which just passed a new law called the Digital Services Act. It went into effect late August. Uh, they've been sending letters to the major platforms. So X, Meta, TikTok, YouTube, and not just to their PR agencies, they're sending them right to the CEOs and basically saying, we we see that misinformation is spiking on your platform. We are giving you 24 hours under this new Digital Services Act to uh, explain what's happening, tell us what you're doing about it, and give us a timeline for resolving this. And they're so basically new law, new sheriff in town. They they mean business because if they don't, uh, they are sub. These companies are subject to fines of six percent of their global revenues are up to, uh, as well as being banned from doing business in Europe if all all else fails. So. This is serious stuff, uh, and it's probably the first time that we we often see this. Whenever there's conflict, whenever there's a spike in conflict, we saw it with Ukraine. Uh, there is an increase uh, in the social media space of misinformation and disinformation. This is the first time that we've seen authorities anywhere, particularly the EU, actually you know draw a line in the sand and say, "Big social, big tech, you got to do something about it, or it's going to cost you." Yeah, I was listening to a debate over this issue, and people were offering all kinds of advice about how to verify footage or digital grabs. And I just thought, you know, the average, I mean, I'm a journalist and even I, um, you know, I question everything that I see on the internet, but I don't end up doing a forensic analysis to see if this video came from yesterday or two years ago. Yeah, I mean, as, as much as we wish everyone could or would, uh, the reality is most of us don't have the time uh, and most of us don't have the technical ability to, to do so. Sure, you can lean in and look at that video and say, hmm, let me check the source on that. Does it look like it's been doctored? Does it look like it has those AI artifacts that it isn't quite fully real, not fully smooth? But let's face it, in the course of a given day, that's not how we consume our feeds and that's just not going to happen. And so the only way to really make it happen is the companies themselves, you have to slow them down. You have to make them accountable for uh, for hosting this content, for not doing more to tamp it down. Uh, and that's really what the EU is doing. And I'm kind of hoping that Canada's watching. I'm hoping that other countries are watching because what often happens is the EU introduces these tough new laws and then it gets serious about enforcing them. And then eventually, years later, uh, other countries do the same thing. Well, misinformation is happening now. We can't afford to wait for years. I would hope that Canada would move faster on this. Yeah. It's on a much smaller scale, but I'm wondering, Carmi, if you've noticed there's a certain genus of video out, out there right now that shows sort of day-to-day encounters, and they usually involve some kind of a comeuppance. 
and I'll look at them and think, okay, why was somebody videotaping this? And then you realize they're just, it, the whole thing was staged. I mean, there's a famous one where a guy pounds the hood of a car, a cyclist, and then the driver gets out, grabs him by the back of his outfit and throws him into a canal. And then you go back over it and you realize it was shot from four angles. It's the price that we pay for influencer culture. It uses all of the rules of virality to ensure that content finds the widest possible audience, makes as much possible money for the creators as they can. And uh, unfortunately, we're getting sucked into it because these videos are incredibly sophisticated and coupled with the fact that, you know, we just talked about nobody's leaning in to verify the source of this. No one's asking questions. Why does it look like it was shot using four different cameras, all with gimbals and the, the, the highest of technology? Uh, so we're not we're not questioning. It, we're just consuming it at face value, uh, which makes it easier for this content to go viral. And of course, the platforms themselves aren't being held accountable for reining it in. So we have a role to play. The platforms have a role to play. And unfortunately, this is kind of the way the digital economy works now. And we're starting to see, especially around times of crisis, the price that we pay for that. And maybe that'll give us a little bit of moment of reflection. Maybe we'll start thinking about what we consume, how we consume it, why we consume it, and whether we could be better consumers in the process. So fire. Fox is going to have a fake reviews detector. How's that going to work? Uh, the company bought, and so Firefox, of course, they're the, the nonprofit organization that brings us the browser, uh, Mozilla Firefox, uh, and, uh, and, and they bought a company a few months ago. It's called FakeSpot, uh, and they make something called the Review Checker, which is basically, it's a, it's a website, and it's also a browser extension, and it allows you to detect fake reviews, because you know how it is, you're buying something from Amazon or from, uh, you know, you're looking for a review from, from Yelp, or you're buying something from an online retailer, eBay. Uh, and uh, and you're not quite sure, you know, is this legit? Have, do they have a good track record? What are other people saying about them? So you look at the reviews because it's not like a real store. You can't walk in there and touch the merchandise and see the store. Uh, and so fake reviews have become huge business. A lot of scammers are using artificial intelligence to basically uh, fill up the review section with positive reviews, drive the review number up and, you know, use comments to make it look like real humans wrote them. Well, uh, what, what the, the review check does, FakeSpot does, is it looks for those signs that AI was used uh, for, uh, you know, to, to, to make these reviews. It looks for, you know, was this content used elsewhere? Is it similar to other content? And then basically it tells you uh, on a rating scale, uh, a six point rating scale, whether it in fact is fake. It allows you to make better decisions. It allows you to tell if someone's using fake reviews, because chances are, if they're faking the reviews, they're faking everything else and you probably shouldn't be giving them your money. Okay. One last story. Explain to me in what universe does it make sense that Netflix is going to open brick and mortar locations? Good Lord, not mine, John. <laughs> they're calling it they're calling it Netflix House, uh, and they're going to be opening up a couple of uh, pilot locations in next month. Uh, sorry, uh, in 2025, uh, in undisclosed locations in the U.S. So they're piloting it to see what it's like. Basically, what they want to do is they want to create uh, a, a retail dining and live entertainment venue that leverages its TV shows and movies. So you know, if you've seen some really cool thing on Netflix, you saw a really 
great series. Uh, you'll be able to experience it in person at one of these places. They just killed off DVDs. They stopped sending DVDs. They've already killed Blockbuster, and now they want to get us back out to the store. Uh, you know, they're almost like they're trying to be like a little mini Disney. And quite frankly, I enjoy Netflix on my screen. I'm not going to be trucking out in the, the middle of winter to a Netflix house store. Uh, Netflix, you told me that retail was out. I believed you, and I'm not going back to it now, no matter what you say. You remember the bad old days? I mean, we started with a bit of nostalgia here with Mr. Dressup, but of going to a video store and walking around with a cell phone calling home to verify whether or not you were picking up the right movie. <laughs> sure, because you went too late and there was nothing on the shelves and you basically had to pick up the dregs and you could almost feel the sweat pouring out on your brow because you knew that your Saturday night was about to be ruined. Yeah, uh, yeah I wouldn't go back to that if you paid me. Uh, and now Netflix wants us to do that. And I find that incredibly amusing. Although I do miss, I do miss the free popcorn. I do miss bringing the kids in their pajamas. Uh, I miss that kind of experience where you could actually talk to somebody about a movie. If they staffed it with people who were passionate about movies and, and content, maybe I'd, I'd be into it. But I just don't see that happening in 2023. I think we've all moved on and I think we're all just as happy to use our remote control to select what movie we're about to watch. Thanks, Carmi. Thanks, John. That's our tech expert, Carmi Levy.